Yeah, we're in a good spot, and I think we're good to go. Good. good. Yes. Born ready, right? <laughs> we're so dull, we're talking about the weather. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> Hello, I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we try to make today and the week and hopefully the month and life make sense. Ideally, maybe, <laughs> possibly. We'll, we'll figure it out, right? I'm Andy Euler. I'm in for Kai Rizdahl. Thank you so much for joining us for Economics on Tap, whether you're listening on the podcast or you're watching us on the YouTube live stream. Yes, or participating in the Fan Run Discord, which we always appreciate you all, too. Uh, today, we're going to do our news fixes. We're going to do some half full, half empty, which, of course, you all are welcome to join in. If you're on the YouTube live stream, we've got some live poll action at the end. So please do log on. People in the chat are asking, where's Jasper? He's behind me. He uh, positioned we, himself. We were talking about it earlier, in, right? Like, with, with my mic positioning, I couldn't quite get him in the shot. I tried. <laughs> he's not cooperating with my mic positioning today. Sorry, That's y'all. Right. I, knew, I told you, Andy, they were going to ask yeah, about yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, but first, uh, let's talk about uh, our drinks. So you go first. Sure. So, so I have, um, I'm going to sound like a lush, right? Uh, I have four beers in front of me. I swear they're, they're, they're not full pours. Um, but I was going to push, I'm, we're going to talk about um, uh, these four beers that I'm drinking a little bit later. And, and, and we'll tell you all about sort of um, uh, getting in on, on, on something like these four beers. It's great. Yes. And I have four you? sort of cocktails. Um, okay. But it, it was my attempt to, I'm still trying to use up that Midori that I got when we did that Stonktails <laughs> experiment. That. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm right. still trying to work through it. That's great. Uh, okay. Uh, somebody was asking about uh, non-alcoholic uh, recommendations, and uh, I think I'm going to do like all January of mocktails oh, on sure. Economics on Tap. I think that'll be fun. So I'll be uh, soliciting everybody's mocktail recipes. Nice. All right. Um, that was fun, but I'm going to do a hard pivot sure. to my news fix, which is yeah, super yeah, dark, and I'm... I'm just going to give you all a heads up. If you're looking at the show notes and you do want to click on this link, just a content warning. It's got some really graphic imagery. So this is a story, a big investigation that the Associated Press did with PBS, Frontline, and then another group um, that is that does basically um, forensic analysis of imagery and the story is about russian atrocities in buka and how there was basically a cleansing operation and a lot of people were um arrested tortured and murdered and there's a ton of evidence from photographs cctv witnesses um they reconstructed drone footage and phone calls that were intercepted from Russians. And it's an incredibly detailed and incredibly important investigation that really recounts what went down when the Russians came into this community. Uh, and they've since pulled back and they're basically trying to reconstruct what happened for war crimes investigations, and it's right. pretty bad. So, um, mm. you know, it's important to read, to pay attention to what's going on there. You know, some of the commentary about this online was that it's very similar in tactics to some of the things that the Nazis were doing in World War II, but wow. now we 
have evidence of it in such a more um, graphic way. And we can track these things down. So anyway, it's uh, really hard to look at some of this, some of these images. It's really a difficult story, but it is important. And it's excellent journalism by the Associated Press and, and all these other folks. And I strongly recommend yeah, no, it is. You're right. It's it, it's sort of one of those things where you, you, you're reading it and and you know that this is super super important. Um, it's it's awful, um, but bringing it to to everybody's attention, super 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 important. You're right. Um, my I'm I'm gonna sound for my news fix. Uh, I'm gonna sound like a broken record, right? Um, <laughs> I I <laughs> y'all know I live in Austin, but um, uh, I live in Texas, um, a pretty big. Uh, oil and gas state um and we got word um that apparently oil sector jobless rate uh the basically the the jobless rate for folks trying to work in oil and gas fell to below one percent in october um which is just historically low right so if you want a job in oil and gas um, you're going to get one. And so many of the people that I talked to when I go out to, um, I, I went out, um, I think last month to Midland and that was the number one thing that folks were telling me was, look, y- oh, you know, I they didn't like the rhetoric that was, com- I see oh, a yeah. dog. No, I'm so Larry. sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. Um, so call there, him there over. We want to see the dog. We got to hey, see the dog, here. Andy. Uh, actually, you can be, you pick him up? Back. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, he's a good dude. He's like, what are you doing, man? All right. Um, so, so you're, you're good, bud. Um, now he's on the bed. Um, so, so essentially, um, what I kept hearing was, look, we don't like the vibes that are coming out of D.C. We don't, we don't like sort of what the Biden administration is talking about when it comes to an energy transition and not necessarily including oil and gas. But... The biggest thing that we're hearing is uh, that I was hearing when I was out there is, look, we just can't find people to do this work. And, you know, you have a really tight labor market and traditionally oil and gas jobs pay pretty well. Um, And you don't necessarily have to, you know, obviously engineers um, and folks like that who uh, are doing that sort of work, very coveted positions. But for a lot of folks who are who are out in the oil fields, um, it's pretty unskilled labor. And so you can make a lot of money. And you can work basically three months, six months, nine months, go back home after you're done. You know, you sort of go and live where the field is. You make a whole ton of money. Then you go and and support your family for a year, right? Um, And so what we're seeing right now is this sort of manifestation of, look, these, you know, it's tough, right? If you're the Biden administration, it's really tough because uh, you do want more production to happen because you want gas prices to go down because you have elections because people vote on gas prices. Um, but uh, what oil and gas companies are saying is, look, we would do it if we could. We would drill more if we could. We just don't have the people to do it. Um, and so these these data, these numbers are sort of underscoring exactly what I guess <laughs> those of us nerds on energy Twitter sort of knew was already happening. But this is. Uh, sort of solid, solid news that, look, if you want a job in oil and gas, go and get it. <laughs> Is Energy Twitter going to stay on Twitter? Has there been a consensus you, yet? You know, what's so interesting is is I kept talking to different people in that space about it. Um, I think, generally speaking, everybody is, everybody I'm talking to is, is very wait and see, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I think for the moment, yes. Um, but a lot of those folks are 
you know, they're, they're, they're professors and they're, they're sort of experts in their field. And so, so they're verified. Um, and <laughs> so that discussion, that, that whole nother discussion, right. About, um, verification and paying for it. And also if you, if you can just pay to be verified, sort of what does it matter if I'm tweeting something out about oil and gas in the Permian basin or some, basically some robot is, <laughs> you know, doing the same thing. I mean, <laughs> that's the slippery slope, right? Like, I think. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think everybody's right. wait and see. I've, I've, as yeah. I mentioned the other day, I've claimed my name on as many of these new oh, platforms yeah. as I possibly can. You're super uh, smart about I'm it. I'm going to spend I, I, right when you said the weekend that, I was like, oh, I'm, to... I'm in. Like, that's so smart. <laughs> you know? I'm going to spend the weekend <laughs> trying to figure out these, these different platforms and learn all the new tech. But anyway, we are going on too long. Uh, Drew, before we go to the game, everyone wants to know if you have a dog or a cat. No, I do not. Okay. Definitely not well in the then, studio let's... with me. Easy money. <laughs> All right, then let's play the game. Let's do it. Okay, this is Half Full, Half Empty, a game hosted by the wonderful Drew Jostad. And we are going to want to hear from our YouTube live stream audience for the last question. But for now, Drew, go ahead. Half Full or Half Empty on Deep Fakes on TikTok. What do you think, Kimberly? Go ahead. I mean, if we're judging their existence, uh, that's half full. But if in the <laughs> spirit of the idea that half full is getting better and half empty means getting worse, I'm going to yeah. go half empty, that it's getting worse. The technology just continues to get better and better. And um, it's risky, you know? And yeah. it used to be like, oh, no, it's people are being catfished. But, oh, we're voting on everything now. Okay, let's vote on TikTok yeah. deepfakes. Let's go for it. Uh, so what yeah. does everybody else think? Half full or half empty on TikTok deepfakes? So uh, that's my take. What do you think, Andy? No, no, no. I'm sort of with you, too. It's, it, it is. It sort of gets very dangerous very quickly, right? Um, you know, lots of manipulation, lots of... Um, I mean, uh, you, you know, for, I don't know, it's just, it, it's super interesting sort of reputational stuff, and I'm half empty for sure. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then, uh, let's see, we got 109 votes. What's the verdict? Yeah. Do, do, do. I'm looking. Um, 97% half empty, right? Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next one, Drew. Go ahead, Drew. Half full or half empty on the electric car industry having enough graphite to meet demand. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Um, Do you know this story, I Andy? Have, I, <laughs> believe it or not, um, I have pretty pretty intimate knowledge of uh, the graphite industry. So apparently, so, uh, I did a story a couple of days ago. I guess it was yesterday. Uh, I did a story about, um, we, you know, we call them lithium-ion batteries, um, but the, the anode to the battery is basically graphite. Um, and so 50%, I think it's something like 53% of the battery, uh, is made up of graphite. And so, uh, we don't, we don't have enough of it. And so there are some companies here in the United States that are trying to onshore, but now they're talking about setting up mines in Alaska and then trying to get that, graphite from alaska to washington state and so now you're talking about all sorts of logistics 
you're also talking about a, uh, an indigenous community that probably isn't, you know, they've already sort of pushed back. Um, now you're talking about uh, sort of environmental risks. So we, I mean, I'm, 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 I guess I'm half, well, depending on how the question was, I'm half full that we don't have enough graphite uh, for the EV industry. But I also think that um, the industry, as industries do, uh, we'll figure it out, right? And, and, and you know, what's another difficult part of this, Kimberly, is the Biden administration does, doesn't want us importing uh, graphite from China, and Fair. or anything from China. And so, yeah. figuring that out is going to be a big part of this. I'm going to go half empty, just because like okay. mining anything in this environment is is difficult, and there's such high demand. And uh, I also have to nod to the uh, wonderful pencil discussion happening in the YouTube chat <laughs> that everyone's talking about hoarding pencils, because I guess that's what most people think of when they think of graphite is the graphite pencils. So it's yes, funny. Sorry. I, no, I, I was thinking the same thing when I when I pitched the story in the morning meeting. I said it's not just for your pencils anymore. Um, so I love. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are with me. <laughs> What's and I year? love the shout out for fountain okay. pens. Yes, let's all go back oh, to nice. fountain pens. I love them. Nice. Got another story from what seems to be a particularly prolific marketplace reporter. Are you half full or half empty <laughs> on cheap beer getting less cheap? Uh uh, it, 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 okay, so AB InBev, um, the largest brewer in the world, uh, reported earnings last week. And so basically what, what they said was we beat expectations. Everything's great. I think it was like three point. I was telling a buddy of mine. I think it was like 3.5%, something like that, above expectations. And what they kept saying was we're passing along the cost of inputs you know, grain and barley and things like that, and also transportation to the consumer, which everybody knows is happening. Um, and then also that they have gotten a bunch of folks to pivot to what the, what are called premium brands. And I didn't know this, but premium is a price point. Um, and so it's not necessarily like, you know, your, your, your champagne of, 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 of beers. Um, it's it's actually sort of sort sort of a a defined price point, um, and so what's what's not going to happen? I am definitely half empty. What's not going to happen is, is your cheap beer is not going to get any cheaper because what's going to end up happening is that's going to get more expensive, and it's also going to leverage other craft brews and things like that to get more expensive as well because you're always buying beer specifically relative to other beers, right? And so. It's 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 not going to get any cheaper. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> what about you? What Andy said. All right, oh, yeah, let's okay. jump to the last one, <laughs> uh, which is the official interactive poll one. Although we've been doing it, nice. which has been lots of fun. Uh, Drew, what's our last one? Okay, uh, uh, more companies are either charging for return shipping or otherwise restricting mm. customers ability to return merchandise are you half full or half empty on the end of free returns shockingly i'm actually gonna go half full on this one okay because even though it's not the greatest for me as an individual consumer 
I think it maybe is a little bit better for people being a bit more thoughtful about purchases and uh, hopefully decreasing some of the carbon footprint of the wardrobing that used to happen where people were, you know, buying multiple sizes and then just sending them back and and all those other things. So uh, tentative uh, ducking for cover half full. (laughs) Okay. Uh, you know what's funny is that I, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna be half half empty on this. I did one of my first stories when I was out in Los Angeles, uh, right when I had gotten to Marketplace. They were like, "Do a story about." By the way, um, everyone, Target. Andy and I started like on the same day at Marketplace. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, straight up. Um, yeah. And so when uh, I got I got an assignment, they were like, "Oh, just go to Target and ask them about their return policy." It was a, it was a story about return policies, and I got. <laughs> I got in a whole lot of trouble. I had a microphone in a Target, which apparently is, yeah, is not cool. Yeah, they don't like that. Um, <laughs> and so I ended up sort of being being that dude who was loitering outside of a Target in downtown Los Angeles with a microphone, um, asking people about returns. And it, 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 I, I'm, I'm sort of with you. I'm half empty in the sense that this is what we've come to expect. But I'm with you in that it has made us so, so, so much more of... You know, just buy it and then return it, or just buy it and get rid of it. Um, so the sort of consumerism that that, that we've co- grown accustomed to because of these policies. Um, I mean, of course, if I buy something, I want to take it back. But, um, but <laughs> <laughs> so all right, that's where I am. Speaking of, well, I guess it's yeah. not really a direct tangent, but thank you, Drew. thank you, Drew. Yay, Drew. Thanks, Drew. Always. Yay. Always good. Okay. It is not quite something that you buy, but we do have a special offer on the table if you want to donate to Marketplace, which we always very much appreciate. And so it's a special offer on the table, literally on both of our tables, from our fundraising team. When you donate $5 a month or $60 a year, that's math, to Marketplace today, we are going to send you this very cool Marketplace flight paddle. I know that sounds weird to say, but we are both going to hold up our flight paddles, yep. which, yep. oh, God, I think I've made these too full. Yours, Ta-da! Yeah. You and they have uh, various, like, stocky, markety images markety animals, of animals right? on them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we've got a bull and bear, obviously. A we wolf, a wolf a I guess, shark. is in the wolf of, of Wall Street and, like, sharks, you know. Wall Street sharks. So, (laughs) yes, I should say for the people saying I have a very heavy pour, this is Midori pomegranate (laughs) juice and ginger ale. Mostly ginger ale (laughs) because Midori has a very strong flavor. Anyway, uh, so people are going to be going to the polls uh, next week with the economy top of mind, the work that we do at Marketplace. We really do try to give people the tools and the research and the information they need to make decisions that are best aligned with their interests. And so we really do count on everyone to help us out. So if you can, we'd really appreciate the support and you can get a flight paddle. There aren't a lot of them. And so you definitely want to uh, get one now if you can. And that is marketplace.org slash give smart. Go ahead, Andy. No, no, no. That's exactly what I was going to say is, is where you do this is marketplace.org slash give smart. Um, and, and like Kimberly was saying, too, um, you, you've you've I hope uh, sort of come to rely on on us for for all of this, you know, the nerdy beer stories about how your beer is not getting any cheaper. Sorry about that. Um, but at least at least, you know, now. Right. Um, 
Yeah, no, if 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 you think this is important, if you if you sort of have come to value this, um, please, do, you know, do your part. If you can't, we totally understand, obviously. Uh, if you can, you know, that's wonderful. Thank you. And this is a limited weekend offer, so act fast, please. And as a bonus, uh, we are told that if you do this this weekend, they will arrive in time for the holidays and maybe make a fun gift for any Marketplace fans you might have in your life. So, again, marketplace.org slash give smart. And that is it for us today. Kai and I are going to be back next week. If you have questions or comments or something you want us to answer for What Do You Want to Know Wednesday, please uh, send us a note, um, and especially if they're related to the economy, business, or tech. Let us know, although we seem to get a lot of questions about pets and cars and things, <laughs> fair, but that's okay, fair, too. Fair enough. Larry. <laughs> Um, you can reach us at 508-UB-SMART. You can leave us a voicemail. You can email make me smart at marketplace.org. I think I got it right this time, Drew. Thank you last time. 508-UB-SMART. Uh, give us a call. <laughs> make me smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera and Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Drew Jostad, who also does Half Full, Half Empty, and he wrote the theme music to Half Full, Half Empty. He does everything. He really does. So the team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune. Bridget Bodner is our senior producer, but she is currently working on Million Bazillion. Check that out when it's out. Our director of On Demand is Donna Tam. It's great. Yay. Happy Friday, Andy. Happy Friday. Seriously, have a wonderful weekend. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.